Hi there, I'm Pastor Rod Parsley, and I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I'm the senior pastor of World Harvest Church and the founder of Valor Christian College, the School of the Spirit. Now, on this podcast, I'm putting together powerful messages, practical teachings, and insightful lectures from over 40 years of full-time ministry. So get ready, open up your heart, and let's head into today's episode. Hey, thanks for joining me today for part two of our eight-part series, Effective Leadership 300. Now, if you missed the last episode, I really want to encourage you to go back, listen to part one before you continue, as I think it'll really, really help you. It's my conviction that our Heavenly Father's looking for leaders who don't need to be recognized, rewarded, or regarded, but rather seek to influence others and their world in the way the Lord Jesus Christ did, who, while preparing to be crucified, himself took a towel and began to wash his disciples' feet. Why is it so important when discussing leadership strategy? Because your intentional perspective of the role of leadership impacts how you communicate the purpose, the mission, the values of your home, your family, or your business and the vocation that God gave you that activates his character and call on your life. As I mentioned in the last episode, there's a digital study guide available for you to follow along. Just go to rodparsley.com slash leadership 300. Here's lesson two, by the book, The Throne or Towel Conundrum. Father, in Jesus' name, anoint us tonight. Anoint us to listen. Anoint our attention spans. Anoint us to resist all fatal distractions from that which you purposed for us to get in our minds and in our hearts tonight so that we could become the New Testament leaders that you have declared that we should be in the earth. Leaders are the head and not the tail. Leaders are the first and not the last. Leaders are above and not beneath. So help us, Lord, so that we might further expand the borders of your kingdom and be effective for you in the earth. This is our goal. This is our desire. You have placed this desire within us. Therefore, we declare the decree of the Lord that you give us the desires of our heart and then bring them to pass and then pat us on the back as though we had anything to do with it. We thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name and everybody that's alive gave evidence of it by shouting hallelujah. 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 Never do anything timid. This world is not a place that is kind to timidity. I just... I'm teaching you now. Don't don't be timid about anything. You have no reason to be timid. The greater one lives on the inside of you. The greater one lives on the inside of you. The greater one lives on the inside of you. Therefore, when you speak, you speak to be heard. You don't speak to be a part of the crowd. You speak to stand out from the crowd. Amen. I'm a leader. Amen. Going somewhere to happen. So we're going to talk a little bit about by the book. The throne or towel conundrum. 
And uh, that, what that means is these two are, are diametrically opposed the one to the other. We get that from John 13, four and five. He rose up from supper and laid aside, he meaning Jesus. I, I, here's a lesson, right, before I even get started. Just, just say this with me. Personal pronouns are more often than not than confuse, are more often than not confusing. Personal pronouns are confusing. You know what a personal pronoun is, don't you? We, they. Yes? Because if you're, if you're talking to someone in your family, if you're a spouse, a wife, and you say to your husband, they did thus and so, your husband's gonna have to stop you and ask you, who is they? Somebody just say, who they is. When you're giving your, uh, your upline and your employment a report, don't say, we looked into it. Who is we? But then you'll say, well, just me. Well, me and we are two different things. Often, often in meetings, I have to stop a meeting four or five times and say, please dispense with the personal pronouns. I don't know who we are. Or do not do this either. Do not make something personal that is inanimate. Uh, the uh, XYZ department, no, the XYZ department didn't do anything. Some person did something. I just saw lights just go off all over the place. Well, uh, the youth department. No, I don't want to know the youth department. The youth department's an inanimate thing. The youth department can't do anything on its own. It's the people that work in the youth department that can do something. And what I'm trying to ascertain is which one of those little knuckleheads left the lights on all night. That's what I'm... So don't say we did it unless three people took hold of the switch at the same time. Have you learned anything yet? Say dispense with personal pronouns. When it's you, say I. Or say me. Don't say we. Okay, got to hurry. He arose from supper, Jesus, and laid aside his garments and took a towel, girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he girded himself. This is the primary example to me of the life and ministry of Jesus where he exemplifies to us servant leadership. Servant leadership. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So if we're gonna be leaders, Jesus is our example, is it not? I, I, some corporate CEO is not our example. Jesus CEO, he's our example. And Jesus was a servant leader. He's getting ready to be crucified. One of the men he's washing the feet of is about to betray him to death. But he took a, a towel and girded himself. They were all arguing about who's gonna be the first in the kingdom. They were looking for a throne. 
They were looking for personal advancement. They were looking for a way they could be served. They wanted to follow Jesus' leadership so they then could be a leader and in their minds be served. But Jesus said, no, no, no. I'll show you what I'm talking about as I've washed your feet so you should wash one another's feet. Let the greatest among you become the servant of all. Say, I am going to be a servant leader. Leaders display their professionalism by what they believe, by what they say, by what they do, and by how they act. What they believe, what they say, what they do, and how they act. Professionalism is the unshakable commitment to simple Christ-like behavior. I promise you this very night, if you'll just begin to act like Jesus acted, if you'll just begin to serve as Jesus served, you will rush to the front of the line of leadership at a more rapid pace than if you take every mogul's leadership class on the planet. If you begin to serve those around you, God will advance you. Because everything in the kingdom of God is diametrically opposed to everything in the kingdom you came out of. Out there, it's climb the corporate ladder. But in this kingdom, leadership is advanced by girding yourself with a towel and washing somebody's feet. You take care of somebody's need, and I promise you, you will never be out of a job. Okay, you serve in whatever area of employment or life skill you're in right now, you adopt a servant attitude, and I promise you, you will advance. But if you want to be a little smarty pants know-it-all, and be telling everybody up line from you how it should be done, and you haven't even learned to comb your hair and brush your teeth yet, you're not going to be received very well as a leader. Yes? John MacArthur uh, made two or three statements, and, and as, as is so often the case with me, uh, my, wife, my wife is good at cutting things down, and I, I'm one of my strengths, and that's something you should learn. What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And if you're in a position of leadership, make sure you surround yourself with people who are strong at what you're weak at. The, the, the common mistake is that those in middle management like to find people like them to be around them. In so doing, one has insulated oneself from ever advancing. Surround yourself with somebody that knows something you don't know, that has accomplished something that you haven't accomplished, that can add to you and then listen to them. Don't let pride enter into the thing. So anyway, Hebrews 12, 11, now no chastening correction for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, somebody shout, there will be an afterword. I said, somebody shout, there will be an afterword. In your life, in your situation, there's always a tomorrow. Come on, Annie, the sun will come up tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow yeah? Tomorrow's going to be different than today. Why? Because we made a decision that tomorrow was going to be different than today, and we refuse not to change. 
We refuse not to improve ourselves. I've got to do this. Afterward, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them who are exercised thereby. Ashton came in the other day and she was groaning as she was going up the stairs. I said, what's the matter with you? Are you sick? She said, no, I've been working out. Exercised thereby. True spiritual exercise renders one spiritually sore. Joni took a three-day hiatus. She said, I'm going away. I want God to reveal myself to me or to reveal himself to me. She came back after two days. I said, what did he show you? She said, the only thing he'd show me was me. Are you listening? Be exercised thereby. Take a selfie. In the Old Testament, the psalmist David said, Lord, examine me. But in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said, examine yourself. You're on the victory side of Calvary now. Stop waiting on God to do everything that he's already empowered you to do. It must be a staggering thing to God to sit upon his throne and watch us cower in fear of the very things that he gave us authority to conquer. Am I talking too fast? All right, so here are a few. Let me give you this quote. I love it. It's from Aristotle. We are what we repeatedly do. You repeatedly tell stories, you're a gossip. You repeatedly give someone a word of encouragement, you're a son of consolation. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Somebody shall raise the standard. Number one, get organized. Dr. Sumrall said to me, he, I, I said to him, Brother Summerall, I'd like to do this. I'd like to be with you at that. I'd like to. And he said, just stop, just stop. He interrupted me a lot. He said, just stop. When you're twice somebody's age, you can do that. He said, just stop. You don't need more time. You just need to get organized. You have, here's a staggering thought for you. Get ready to be bowled over with my depth. You have the same 24 hours in a day everybody else has. The difference is what you do with yours and what they do with theirs. The only difference between you and somebody more successful than you in the endeavor that you're seeking is knowledge. They spent time to learn something you as of yet have, have not learned. But you will learn it, won't you? I said you will learn it, won't you? Do the most, in getting organized, do the most difficult work first. Oh, that went over big. I can give people three assignments and their consistent habit is to do the easy one first. Never do the easy one first or you will never get to that which is most important. Think about your day and whatever's going to be the most difficult thing in your day, do that first. That way you'll leave that thing springboarded with a sense of accomplishment. Hallelujah. I won't let them put a shredder in my office because I love to tear paper up. I mean to tell, I wish I had some right now. I just, I tear these up, but I need to read them. I, when I get finished with something, the first thing, you see me do it up here, just there, that's out of the way. There's a sense of accomplishment that comes and drive that comes. I got that done. Now I'm ready for something else. 
Hallelujah. Tackle the hard things first. Shout, I'm going to do it. Start every day with what you need to accomplish and then move toward it. Please say the word calendar. I don't, I don't know how many times I tell our team here, they come, they, come to, they come to a room, are we ready? Do we have the back off schedule for the advertisement for September 26th? I'm, it's now August the 1st. Can I see the back off schedule, please, for the meeting that we're gonna have on August the 26th? What? Well, don't you have a calendar? Because if you have a calendar, then you can look ahead and then you can make a back off schedule and you can schedule yourself, mom. So Johnny gets to soccer practice on time so that he doesn't develop a habit of being late because his model is always late. Oh, you're getting angry at me now. I just love it. Get a calendar. Set goals, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals. I could go to a board right now and write down for you the top 10 goals that I have for this week. I'm working towards something, I'm moving towards something. Hallelujah. And when I get there, I have the exhilaration of taking out my sword and cutting Goliath's head off and dancing on his defeated carcass. And I have a sense of accomplishment. I'm never putting off to tomorrow what there's still time to do today, ever. Amen. Glory to God. Use your time wisely. Don't be late. Lateness is the epitome of selfishness. What it says is you're more important than everybody else that was there on time. Because they all had to sit and wait on you. Amen? Be on time. Shout, I will. Do not, do not... Lateness is rude, and the reason people are late is because they submit themselves to what I call fatal distractions. Fatal distractions. Don't let people and things distract you from what you're doing. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Sanballat and Tobiah are always tugging on your tail. I mean your skirt tail. Come on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sanballat and Tobiah came to Nehemiah complaining about this and complaining about that. And finally, Nehemiah said, why don't you all hush? I'm up here on this wall and I'm doing a great work and I'm not going to be distracted by you. Now, a hundred times a day, the Sanballats and the Tobias come to try to get you off your wall. And let me tell you the number one sand ballot and Tobiah. It's that little thing you carry around with you. There is nothing more distracting to your goals than for you to be distracted or more, or more diminishing to you accomplishing your goals than for you to allow yourself to be interrupted a hundred times a day with somebody tweeting that they went to the grocery. Why is this interrupting your day? And I always know what is going on around here. We got a lot of employees. I always know what it's going on because I walk around behind them and they click their screen off. Why? Because they're sitting there looking at Facebook. 
They're sitting there updating their status. Fatal distractions. People like that will never advance. Pay attention to the small things. Phronesis. Be a student of persons. Be a student of persons. Dr. Summerall could, could do this. Hmm. And I learned to interpret the different intonations of hmm. Because sometimes hmm meant one thing. And other times hmm meant something else. And I had to learn because he had something I wanted. By the way, who are you chasing? Who are you chasing? Who do you have out there in front of you? Who acts the way you'd like to act? Who has what you'd like to have? Who, who responds in ways you'd like to respond? Chase them. Chase them. Learn them. Study them. Watch them. Ooh, man, I love this stuff. Meet others' needs wherever you can. Again, open a door for somebody. Carry a bag for somebody. You see a, a lady walking down the hallway and you're going the same way, pick up the box she's carrying. And you'll advance. Somebody, where's, do I have my phone in here? Some, thank you, Elder. Somebody, somebody sent me a text. They really enjoyed the classes last week, but they, they said, well, some of these things just seem so elementary, Pastor. They said, how, how in the world is it that people uh, don't, don't seem to know these things? And I said, let me read you my answer back. My answer back was this. Thank you so much for your compliment. I am doing my best to lay a foundation. We live in a generation of entitlement. You understand entitlement? Somebody owes you something. No one owes you anything. Nothing. No one owes you anything that you don't earn. We live in a generation of entitlement and in the midst of a bankrupt educational system, and we have children who are now adults and young adults who have been reared by absentee parents. This has left a diminished population which lacks basic skills and have no work ethic. This is what I'm teaching you. Amen? Are you enjoying it? Pay attention to the small things. You give somebody, you give somebody an order. You say, all right, uh, we're having a business meeting here and you want to advance in our organization so we're gonna give you an opportunity to prove yourself. We would like you to go to such and so restaurant and get three salads and two hamburgers. And they come back with two salads and three hamburgers. Now see, that doesn't mean anything to you because you didn't pay attention to what I said. We have to train ourselves to listen. Everybody shout right now. People getting, people getting a little bit sleepy-eyed. Come on, stir yourself up. I didn't, I didn't pay the price to bring this to you for you to get sleepy-eyed. Amen? Drink you a cup of coffee before you get in here. Hallelujah. If that's what you do, I don't like coffee myself. Meet others' needs. It keeps you busy. Brother Summerall told me, 
I was in his office one day and a preacher called that fallen into adultery. First of all, he said something that wasn't all that kind. He said, well, I don't know who'd ever want to go out with that fat tub of lard anyway, but <laughs> leadership has all kinds of perks. I'll get to that in a moment. He said, he said, if some of these preachers would ever bother to work, they wouldn't have time to fall in sin. I love Brother Sumrall. I'm going to give you some of my pet peeves of the lack of professionalism. You ready? These are PRP pet peeves. You ready? All right. Answer simple, direct questions with a simple, direct answer. If a yes or no will suffice, please use it. Where is the report? Well, you see, there was a, a, a flyover at the uh, third church of the Nazarene. Of, and then on the news, that, no, stop. Stop. Just say, because I, I already know you don't have the report. Because if you had the report, you'd say, here it is. The reason you're talking is to waste my time or to waste your employer's time or to waste somebody's time at the grocery store. Answer simple, direct questions with simple, direct answers. The world has enough bloviating. It does not need you. Amen? Don't talk in circles. Don't talk in circles. Nobody has time to listen to 42 stories. Give an answer. Hallelujah. Don't duck and dive and shuck and jive. Because if you shuck and jive and duck and dive, you're a turkey. Say, ain't nobody got no time for that. Don't do that. Never, ever, ever make excuses. Why? It makes you look as, an, as a, an untruthful person. An untruthful person. Excuses. They also make you look unintelligent. Because you give three reasons, and all three reasons an intelligent person would have seen coming. Yes? The third thing they do is make your employer feel like you think they are dull. Because they figured out your story 20 minutes ago. You don't have the report. You with me? Okay. Uh, adopt a contributor mentality. Do not be a consumer polluter. Participate. If you get called into a meeting or if someone is, is, is wanting to have a discussion with you, if you have nothing to contribute, why are you there? If you have nothing to contribute, why are you there? What you just shared with your employer is that you were unprepared. That you didn't think about the meeting before the meeting. That you didn't bring in a contribution. Come in with, with uh, offer a unique insight. Please, Lord God, deliver us tonight from Captain Obvious. You ever see that commercial? Captain Obvious. How are we going to increase attendance at World Harvest Church? 
Yes. I think we should have a Sunday morning service. Thank you. I think we should get more people. Be a contributor. Hallelujah. Offer a unique insight. Get prepared. Self-presentation matters. Boy, I'm going to go through this fast. You never get a second chance to make a first impression, folks. Never, ever, ever, ever do you get a second chance to make a first impression. Learn etiquette. We used to have to buy books. Now we can just go online or talk to that lady. Etiquette. There it is. That's all I had to do. Pick up a device and talk into it and then read what it says. Well, I, I didn't go to finishing school. You have a finishing school in your hand. Young ladies used to go to finishing school. They used to learn how to cross their legs. Learn proper etiquette. It matters. It matters. Rules governing society, society's acceptable behaviors. Learn manners. Somebody yell one. Manners. Doctor? Please and thank you. Please. Thank you. I'll go over to Harvard Preparatory School. I'm not everybody, but I am somebody. And I walk, and I hold the door for someone walking through. No, thank you. No, excuse me. Walk into a room of students. When someone in authority walks in a room, stand. Acknowledge somebody's up there about to show you something. Stand. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Thank you. Please excuse me. Pardon me. Uh, do your best to smile. Speak politely. Please recognize anyone that comes in a room. In a social setting, in a business setting. Please, if you are in a business setting or a social setting, if you are at dinner or a business meeting and you're going to get up and walk out of the room, please, please talk to your cell phone and find out that you are to excuse yourself. Where are you going? Well, I don't want to interrupt. What did you just do? You cannot sneak in and out of a room. 
Amen. You learning anything? Did anybody go online last week and find out how to make a proper introduction? You did? Good for you, Megan. Good for you. Anybody else? So y'all just introducing people the way you always have. That's not listening, see? I shared that with you last week. I just put it out there on purpose. Well, I already know that. Okay, who gets introduced to whom? The lesser is introduced to the greater. You always introduce upline. Senator Sam Brownback, I would like to introduce Billy Bob to you. Women are in rank over men. You introduce women upline to men. Age overrides all rank. Do you care? You will when you get given an opportunity to have a job and your boss is going to entertain a, a United States senator and they walk in the room and I have to fire you the next week because you don't know how to properly respond. Hello? Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Right? Thank you notes. Write thank you notes. Hand write them when possible. I spend an average of six to eight hours every week of the living world writing, hand writing thank you notes. Six to eight hours documented every week. Well, why don't you just have somebody else do that? Because they're not me. Why don't you do it through a machine? Because the machine's not me. When you're invited to someone's home or business, please take a gift. We'll invite five couples to our home. The last time we did one brought something. Well, we're friends. Well, the, all the more reason. Miss Paula will bring me granola, homemade. Bring a gift. Something, don't, don't bring food unless you've asked. I asked her to bring granola. Be courteous. Learn etiquette. Treat people with respect. Amen. Amen. Amen? If it's a card that you stopped on the way at the stop and go and got on the way there and wrote on, don't walk through the door empty-handed. Oh, are you learning anything? Please don't text while you're conversing with someone. Please don't do that. It's the height of rudeness. What you're saying is, yeah. 
They are more important than whoever is with you. Amen? Okay, don't do that. Don't do it in meetings either. Dress for the position you want, not the one you have. I'm not even going to talk about hygiene. I'm skipping right over it. Exhibit good posture as much as lies within you. Stand up, Dr. Murphy. Stand up. Look at the posture on that man. I pray for that posture. Why? He learned that as a United States Marine. Thank you for your service. He learned that playing for the great Woody Hayes. You're not going to be slouching around Coach Woody. You will stand up and you will not sit at a desk. Boy, you look busy. Your employer really feels like he is getting his buck for you. You want to be a leader? Do you want to be a leader? Would you like to be a leader? This is important. Now, I'll get into some real deep stuff and all you business people will we'll all be blessed. I'd like for you just to sit up. Walk, ooh, pet peeve. Walk, move, speak with purpose. Meetings going on. Do you want something? Well, I didn't want to interrupt. Then don't open the door. Walk with purpose. Mean to be somewhere. Square your shoulders. When you're asked a question, respond. Don't make somebody have to say, excuse me? Pardon me? Speak with a purpose. Be a leader. Exert yourself. Hallelujah. Don't be a timid mouse. A timid mouse. Timidity does not represent humility. Please don't confuse the two. Timidity is not humility. Humility is knowing who you are, what you are, and giving God the glory. Humility is not a wallflower. Wallflowers do not make leaders. Amen? Earn your pay. Never, never, never accept a position for a certain amount and then complain about it. Raises should be based on performance, not breathing air. And not because three months went by on a calendar. Are you, are you performing more? Are you contributing more than where you entered? Is something moving forward because you are there? Or are you just marking time? Amen. We live in, again, an entitlement. Here's another one. Well, um, <laughs> don't know if you've noticed, uh, we're going to have a, we're pregnant. 
Whenever a man says that to me, I just look at him really funny. Uh, are you Arnold Schwarzenegger? You, the, the Terminator made a movie where he was a pregnant man. We are not pregnant. Your spouse is pregnant. Uh, your life choices do not equate to your employer raising your pay. I'm going to slip this in. Maybe they can take it out of the tape. They weren't there when you made the baby. That's your life choice. Well, you know, we've, uh, we've had uh, another child. We're going to have to have a bigger house, and we just can't make it on what. Well, could you have thought about that? How, how is that your employer's responsibility? Well, Brother Rod, um, I'm married now. So I say, does your wife have a job? Because you're knocking on the wrong door. Now, if you're contributing, then yes. Are you learning? All right. Oh, never, ever, ever, never, ever borrow company assets for personal use. Not a stamp, not a lawnmower, not an envelope. That's stealing. Take care of company assets better than you would care for your own. If you're not going to stick chewing gum in the floor of your car, don't stick it in the floor of the car of your employer. I love this. Uh, be meticulous. Very important. Be meticulous when you're handling money. If you have petty cash, if you're handling something, you're going and making a purchase, if you're responsible and over money in some regard, be meticulous about your handling of money. Be meticulous about your handling of money. Pay very close attention. Proverbs 19.15, lazy people sleep soundly. Proverbs 20, 13, don't love sleep. That will come to poverty. Proverbs 19, 15, B, idleness leaves a man hungry. Being unproductive is lazy and it's thievery. Never ever use a resignation letter as a bargaining tool. For such bargain will probably not be made. Commit to personal growth. Perfect your craft. Do it right the first time. Check your work and then check your work. Pay attention. Listen. Show a positive can-do attitude. 1 Thessalonians 3, 2. That we may be delivered from wicked and unruly people. Un Everybody knows what wicked is, but unruly people are people who are incapable of sustaining a harmonious relationship. Pouting, did I get your attention? Is witchcraft. I can prove it to you from the Bible. 
Get your chin up, put a smile on your face. If you've got an issue, go deal with it, get it fixed immediately. Because pouting is rebellion and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stop it. Husbands, don't let your wives be powders. Powders, beware. Employers, do not permit pouting. You walk in a room one day and somebody's, how are you? The next day. Begging you to ask them what's wrong. You not take my time. Hello? Is my time up or something? They're all getting nervous. You want me to get off this? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Don't pout at me. Welcome accountability. Ask for it. Check my work. Check up on me. I want you to see that I'm progressing. If I'm falling down, I want to know so I can correct it. Welcome accountability. Never ever quit. Always find a way. Be consistent. God is. Consistency builds trust. As I said, don't make excuses. It makes you look weak, manipulative, and deceitful. Organize yourself. Your socks, your drawers. Organize your desk. Have something on it, though. It makes employers really, really nervous. When you have a position of leadership, they walk in your office and they can't find a piece of paper anywhere. What are you doing? Are you working with the... Surely there's something there you're working on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Organize your files. Organize your socks. Put the black ones away from the blue ones or you're going to wake up in a business meeting and cross your leg and have on a black one and a blue one. Amen. Organize your time. Organize your thoughts. Organize your actions. Organize your car. Your glove box. Organize. Your shoes in the bottom of your closet. Organize. Why? It saves time and it brings discipline. Oh, take notes, make lists. Know your strengths and your weaknesses. Be intentional about building on your strengths and eliminating your weaknesses. Grammar lesson, survey says, the difference in commonly confused words, there, there, and there. Ready? There, there, and there. There, T-H-E-R-E, in that place, at that location. There, T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E, meaning they are. And there, T-H-E-I-R, relating or belonging to a person. There. Got it? Shout, got it. We have committed to the golden, we have committed the golden rule to memory. Let us now commit it to life. Scripture, 
James 1.22, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Too often when we read about leadership in the church, we unfortunately read how leaders exploit the people that they lead for their own gain or otherwise lead people astray. That's leadership according to the world standard, not according to the words standard. Leadership has rewards, money, status, position, power, authority, influence. Leadership brings great rewards. However, there are two problems that come along with it. Number one, pride comes from the tendency to see rewards as earned or deserved. There are perks in leadership. My pastor, when I was a very young man, sat me down. I believe we were in the 1200 seat building at that time. We were at the Hilton Hotel on Hamilton Road that now has a water park. We were sitting in the hotel lobby and he had me turn my chair around and put my knees against his knees. He looked at me with those steel blue eyes and he said to me, before we leave these seats, you must make a decision. Yes, sir. What is that decision? You must determine whether or not you desire to be personally wealthy. I'm 23 years old. Make a decision. He said, there is not a right or wrong decision. It is simply a decision of choice. With your gift, you can have all the money in the world you want. At that time, when I was 22, 22 years old, I was in a 180 seat building and a man came to me and said, we will pay you $250,000 a year. Now this is 30 years ago. We will pay you $250,000 a year. We will give you a private aircraft for your personal use. We will buy you a new car of your choice every 12 months. And we will buy you the house of your choice in our county or build one if you don't find one you like. He, was a, he, was a, he owned five coal mines and he wanted to start a church and he wanted me to pastor it. I was making $300 a week. And I'm still here. Because I made the decision of what God had called me. Now that one, not right or wrong, but I made a decision. I believe this is what God had called me to do and that's what I was going to do. Do you understand? When you become a leader, if you get the true marks of leadership, you can just about name what you want. Are you in the room? But in that, in that instance, if you get pride in the way, you'll make the wrong decision. I don't know. They might have bought me an airplane and the thing crashed the second time I was on it. I may have been in heaven for the last 30 years. I, that 250000 a year wouldn't help me. Amen. Don't think that anything you have after you have it, you got on your own. Lest God build the house, and he's not just, he's talking about your life, your business, your marriage. If God does not build the house, you labor in vain if you build it. Yeah. 
Oh, let him be the architect. I'm sorry. Secondly, fear. This is a tendency to protect one's own turf. We got in a situation once we were having a great struggle. And I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to do about it? And God said to me just as plainly as I'm sitting here. He said, you didn't get anything. You didn't do anything to get it except be obedient. So what makes you think you can do anything to keep it? What? Hello? All to Jesus. We surrender. Again, do you want to be a leader to serve yourself or do you want to be a leader to serve others? Amen? That's why I made a decision that day. I've had New York Times best-selling books that sold many more copies than some of my friends sold. And they went and bought 3,000 acre whitetail ranches. They went and bought this and that and the other. I'm not going to be too specific. <laughs> I know who I'm talking about. Well, I, I, I don't do that. I made a decision that day, you see. Every, I, I've never taken a penny from a cassette tape or a video or a DVD or a, a book or a speaking engagement. Speak 150 nights a year. Five years running, I brought in over $1 million in 10 days of preaching and laid it on this altar. Believe you me, they didn't pay me a million dollars. Are you listening? Why? That's not mine. I I don't consider it mine. I consider everything I do to belong to God. You will have a lot more happiness in your life if you live by the Dr. Lester Summerall rule. What is that? Give Lester Summerall 30 minutes a day and God the rest. He said, I give Lester Summerall 30 minutes a day to get ready and go spend my day doing what God's called me to do. Hallelujah. What a beautiful attitude. And so I made that decision that day. Why? Leadership has its perks. If you're any good at it, that's the reason most pastors that are pastoring shouldn't really be pastoring at all. They just carved out two or 300 people that pay them two or $300,000 a year and they play golf three times a week and they're just as happy as they can be. But I can't live that way, you see. Now, I'm, not, I'm only using me as an example. You have to determine what your priorities are and then you have to go after them. You didn't do anything to get it. You can't do anything to keep it. Jesus is our model. Leaders are constantly tempted to use their position as an opportunity to be served. Sometimes we'll get folks on staff here. The first thing I realize they do is they've got a Bible college student cutting their grass. And then they've got a Bible college student watching their babies. And then they've got a Bible college student getting their groceries. And then I have to have meetings and say, wait a minute here, wait a minute here. You're here to serve them, not them to serve you. Yeah. Amen. Somebody does work for you, pay them. I had to tell a little, a little girl moved in the dormitories. Somebody heard she's a, she's a professional masseuse. And the next thing I know, 14 staff people lined up for a free massage. Somebody does your hair, pay them. Somebody gives you a massage, pay them. Somebody mows your grass, pay them. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see, where am I? 
Okay, how much time I got? I have six minutes? Oh, watch this. You ready? First Timothy, Paul was particularly concerned with the effect of his leaders on the people of the churches that he had planted. So he gave us two letters about it, addressed it in two letters, 1 Timothy and Titus. We'll look at 1 Timothy very quickly, read it later, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. It talks about he that desires the office of an overseer, which is the same terminology used in the Greek for elder, bishop, pastor, or leader. You can find it interchangeably. So he's saying these are the things that are the qualifications for true leadership. Number one, if he aspires, he meaning male or female, if one aspires to the office of an overseer. Number one, it means, the Greek is orego, O-R-E-G-O. It means to reach out after. So you're aspiring to it. You're trying to get to it. It does not deal with motives like ambition. It deals particularly with the external steps. What work do I have to do to become an overseer? Say work. It's not, you are now an overseer. What work am I doing that will produce that anointing and authority in my life? So it's talking about the external because ambition is, is, is an ambition to be a leader is generally a poor qualification for leadership and ambition because ambition is of itself, in itself, selfish. It's a self-motivation. Ambition. It's, it's one of the things that caused the downfall of Satan. When I was in Bible college, a man came to me and tried to get the spirit of intercession off of me. I was weeping and crying. He said, what's the matter with you? I said, I, I, I'm hearing God tell me he wants me to build a great church. And he said, well, then why are you crying? I said, because I understand the responsibility that goes along with it. The first time I went to the National Religious Broadcasters Association in Washington, D.C., young man in the room with me has now gone to heaven. His name was Marcus Vey. I kept him awake all night, groaning and travailing till the sun came up in the morning, rocking back and forth like this, rolling in the middle of the floor, weeping hysterically. He said, what's the matter with you? I said, God just told me he's going to put me on every major Christian television network every day. He said, why are you weeping? I said, because I understand the responsibility. I never, I never had an ambition to do anything I'm doing. Never an ambition. But, but always, always, always aspiring. Always working to that end. Desires. If he desires the office, that's a noble. He desires a noble task. The calling to Christian leadership must be a driving compulsion to serve others. The best leaders are not those who made a career choice. Especially in Christian ministry. I got into this thing. I'd gone to work after high school. I was, I was working at the second highest paying factory in Columbus because I wouldn't work at the highest paying one. That was Budweiser. And I wouldn't work there. But I worked at the second highest paying one. And I was making a lot of money. And I was having a lot of fun, except I was physically and mentally ill. 
finally, Mother Parsley, we were driving down Diley Road. I pulled my car over there the other day just to stop for a while and thank God for what he spoke to me that day. My mother said, you know, something's got to happen. We've had you to every doctor in the world. There's nothing physically wrong with you. And, and I said, I know that. And she said, well, what's the matter with you? And I said, well, maybe I want to preach. And just as quickly and sternly, I said, I do not. And I have no idea why I said that. <laughs> Christian servant leadership is not a career choice. It's a calling. If it's a career choice to you, you should work at Walmart. You should work at, at some bank. If it's just a career choice. But oh, if God has placed his hand on you, and he has, I believe every one of you, in some area, to be a Christian leader in your home, in a business, where you're being educated, in the halls of the United States Congress, wherever God might choose to lead, to, to lead you, let it be a driving compulsion given to you from the Lord. She's telling me my time's up and I have to say, okay. I said, I have to say, okay. Can I give you one grammar lesson? Cause I have 60 seconds. Yes, I do. Look, can I give you one? Cause I love this one. Give me my last picture. Give me my picture. Hey, we're going to get into to, to, to both of these passages of Scripture next week. Okay, does anybody know what's wrong with that picture? The, the apostrophe is in the wrong place. First of all, children's is improper. Children is the plural of children. <laughs> so it's, that would mean we're growing children. We have planted them. <laughs> and they are growing and we have a good crop. Right? Thank Ashton Blair for finding that for me. I said, thank her for finding that for me. Yeah. Where should the apostrophe be? Before the S. Amen. Hallelujah. I love you. I love you. Next week, we're going to get into Paul's qualifications for Christian leadership. I think you're going to be blessed. Lord, thank you. Oh, God. Look up here at me just before we dismiss me. I've had the best week. I've just had the best week. Because, you know, with all of our wonderful team members here, our employees, every single day, I've seen them putting into practice things that they learned last week. And I mean, I've noticed it all over the place. And it has been such a blessing. And I just believe that that's happening everywhere. I just get to see the ones that happen to be on our team here. Be blessed now. Be blessed. May the power of Christian servant leadership resurrect in your life in every area. May God show you a thousand ways to glorify him. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I sure hope this has been a blessing to you. I've sure enjoyed it so far. I want to invite you to tell someone in your life, in your realm of influence, about this podcast. Hope you'll do it today or head on over to iTunes and leave a review and share it on your social networks. That really helps us get the word out. Thanks again for listening today.